Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin who was betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she heard him, she was troubled at his saying, and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and will bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that Holy One, who is to be born, will be called the Son of God. Now indeed, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age, and now it is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be. Let it be. There's something about the words of that song and the feeling of that song that you're like, yeah, I want that. I wish I could just let it be sometimes. Maybe this Christmas season has filled you with anxiety or worry, and you're like, man, I just, I just need to get to that surrender place of let it be. Let some contentment come in, some joy come in. And whether it's times of troubles or searching for answers, we all long for that feeling of let it be. And that phrase, let it be, is the exact phrase Mary says to the angel when Gabriel appears to her and tells about God coming to earth. It wasn't the, the mother Mary, it was the virgin Mary. And so many who have heard this song over the years have said, wow, this reminds me of what Mary said in the Bible. But actually, when Paul McCartney wrote this song, he was going through a time of trouble on his own. There was some friction between band members, and though they were skyrocketing in their career, there was tension. And some of the unique temptations that came with his success began to put him in some personal trouble. He had a dream one night. He just had so much anxiety. His mother had passed away 10 years earlier. And Paul McCarty's mother's name was Mary. And Mary appeared to him in a dream and said, wow, looks like you're going through a difficult time. Things are going to be okay. I am with you. And then his mother in the dream said, Paul, let it be. He called that experience almost miraculous, that a voice of someone he loved and trusted could speak calm into him. Well, the same thing is true of Christmas. 
when the angel first appears to Mary, she says, how can it be? She's troubled. And yet a paragraph and a half later, she goes from how can it be? All right, then let it be. Let it be what you want to do in my life. So how did Mary go from like, how can it be, to let it be in like a paragraph and a half? And how can we as well? Well, she gets from one place to the other because of two words. Fresh powder. The fresh powder of grace comes upon her and meets her in her doubts, meets her in her trouble, and moves her to a place of confidence and let it be. Remember, the the angel Gabriel appears to her. She's in Nazareth. She's betrothed to Joseph at the time. And he says, greetings. The word literally means, hail your majesty or queen. Very unusual word. Greetings. Highly favored one. And that phrase, highly favored one, means God has graced you with his presence. The Lord is with you. And there's the fresh powder of grace. That which seems out of reach God, that's in the heavens, comes and falls upon you like fresh powder. The God of the universe is with you. You have been graced with his, his presence. Huh. And how does she respond to this idea? It says Mary was ha- troubled. She is troubled. But what is she troubled by? She's troubled by the saying. Now, well, with you, I'd be troubled that there's an angel in my bedroom. Right? I'm not troubled about the saying. I'm troubled like, hey, 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 now who left the windows open? We got angels climbing in here. Hey, can we need to get a new deadbolt. Can anybody head back to Home Depot? We got to keep the angels out. That's what I'd be concerned about. And angels in the Bible are not like precious moments little statues. They are mighty warriors. And I'm not sure what the proper protocol is for meeting an angel. Like, I think if I had an angel moment, I'd probably turn into a George Bailey moment, you know? Angel shows up, middle of the night. Whoa, 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 what are you? Are you, are you, are you a mind reader, are you? Gabriel, huh? Gabriel, yeah. I would get an angel like you. I think that's what I would have. But I would be focused on the angel. Not so much here. She's troubled by the saying, and she's troubled. How could I be majesty? How could I be someone God would want to visit and cover with his grace? And Gabriel hasn't shown up since the Old Testament in the book of Daniel. Speaking of the Messiah, how can it be that I'm the fulfillment of prophecy? How could it be that I'm going to be pregnant out of wedlock in this community, in this culture, in this time? This is not good news. How can this be God's plan? How can this be what he wants from me? She's worried. She's troubled. How can this be? And yet God is going to share some truths with her about the fresh powder that God is with you, that his grace covers everything you've ever done, that's going to move her in just a few sentences from how can it be to all right, then let it be. Now, if you ever skied in fresh powder, I've been a skier almost all my life. I started skiing when I was in like elementary school, but I grew up in the Midwest. So I learned how to ski in Iowa. Yeah, you can ski in Iowa. And in Indiana, I've been skiing here for the last 15 years. And the whole time I skied, people would say, Oh, yeah, yeah, Chad, you've never skied. No, I've skied my whole life. Have you ever been out west? No. Have you ever skied in fresh powder? I'm like, 
fresh powder. It's called snow, people. It's called snow. The same snow that falls in Indiana falls anywhere else in the world. It's not a big deal. No, 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 Chad. You haven't skied till you've skied in fresh powder. So I had all kinds of objections as to why. Maybe it's a little nicer, but it's not a big deal. Until I went out west for the first time. And sure enough, the night before we left, six to eight inches fell down on the ski slopes for our last day of skiing. I get off that ski slope, and wow, first thing you notice is everything is covered with fresh powder. The trees are a little more beautiful. The lodge is a little more beautiful. The roofs are beautiful. Fresh powder makes everything beautiful because it covers. The second thing is I push my way up the ski slope, you notice it is so much more maneuverable. More than just maneuverable to be in fresh powder, you look down, and it is magic. You don't ski on the snow. You ski through the snow. You look down, and your skis are two or three inches under the snow, and you can see the skis almost translucently through the haze of enveloped brilliance of the snow. And in that moment, in that experience, I didn't have to go back and revisit all my objections. No, I went, they're right. Fresh powder is better. And the same thing is true. Maybe you've had friends who've described Jesus, God, the Bible, or Christmas as this experience of joy, this experience of grace. And, and you've even seen it. You don't believe what they believe. You've always thought, well, how can that be? I mean, religion seems about ritual. It seems about statues and incense and all that. It doesn't seem to be about what your friends are describing it as. And you've got a lot of crazy Christian friends who are like, I don't want to be like them. But there's a couple colleagues who they have a, an expression of Christianity that is so beautiful, the purpose they have, the grace, it's so much more maneuverable in their life and marriage. They're able to extend grace to their spouse because they've got grace from God. They can be more patient with their kids because they've received the grace of patience from God. And even though you don't believe what they believe, you're, you're investigating it because I want the experience they're having. And they're inviting you into an experience that can overcome those objections. Just like Mary did. She went from how can it be to then let it be because of the grace that God is with you. That's how fresh powder works. First, it covers fear with favor. The angel says, Mary, do not be afraid. There's a lot of things to be afraid of. She's afraid of the circumstances. She's afraid of failing as a, the, the prophesied mother. She's, she's fearful of, of what the future holds, how people are going to react, how her, her betrothed is going to react. But the other fear that gets covered with favor, with the main message of the Bible, is the fear of religion. See, religion and the Bible are actually very, very different. They're almost antithetical to each other. Religion is I work my way up to the heavens and try and be good enough for God. Grace is that God knew we couldn't make it to him, so he came to us. And religion always produces fear and guilt. How do you know when you've done enough? It's the fear you've never done enough. How do you know when you've obeyed enough, prayed enough? You're always in fear. But grace from the heavens, God says, do not be afraid. Why? For you have found favor with God. See, the main message of the Bible is that God doesn't wait for you to get your act together. God gives you the gift of favor. That you can be 100% guilt-free, shame-free, covered of everything you've done wrong. When fresh powder falls, it covers everything. Dirty streets become beautiful. Dirty cars become beautiful. Everything is covered with fresh powder. And the same thing is true of Christmas. When you invite God into your life... 
When his presence comes upon you like fresh powder, it covers fear and guilt with favor. He says, Mary, you're going to have a child named Jesus. And his name literally means God is my salvation. God up there came down and rescued me and covered me. But fresh powder also covers I am alone with God is with me. Mary felt very alone in her circumstances. But God wants you to know if you feel alone, maybe because you're high in the food chain in your organization and you feel alone in the unique pressures and the unique secrets and the unique challenges you have, and you feel very alone. Maybe it's circumstance like Mary, like I wouldn't wish this on anybody when I'm going through. He says, God is with you in this. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The Almighty will overshadow you. And that phrase is very interesting. The phrase overshadow, it literally means in the original language, to be enveloped in the haze of brilliance. Fresh powder. That your life is enveloped in the haze of brilliance. That God is with you, a new sense of purpose. God is with you, a new sense of courage. God is with you to direct you in those circumstances. You're not alone. And my dad was a sixth grade teacher before he retired. Every year he would tell his class, hey, why doesn't everybody draw their favorite Christmas picture? About 10 minutes went by and he walked up to the desk and he saw this beautiful Christmas drawing from one of his students. Well, honey, tell me, what did you draw here? This little girl said, well, there's Mary and there's Joseph and there's Jesus. Well, that is really beautiful. And he looked at the, at the drawing and went... Who's, who's the round red guy in the back, honey? Is, is that Santa? No, silly! I just, well, well, who is it? She said, it's John. I just, John who? She says, that's round John Virgin <laughs> with the mother and child. Oh, it's good old round John Virgin. There he is. And many of us grew up with religion. Religion is that God is, is looking over your shoulder, waiting for you to do something wrong, and he throw a big blanket of guilt on you again. But the gospel message is that you have favor, that God is looking over your shoulder as somebody who loves you unconditionally, has forgiven you fully. And you want someone looking over your shoulder saying, let's do life together. I am with you. I want a friendship with you. I want to do life with you. And it's out of that experience Mary's able to say, wow, if that's what this looks like, I don't really like these circumstances, but wow, if that's true, then I'm going to move from how can it be to let it be. I want God with me. And maybe this Christmas season you want to do the same thing. Your response to God is simply Mary's response to God. Let it be unto me. Notice several things. Number one, the word let. It's a passive word. It's not something you do for someone else. It's something that happens to you. Let. It's passive. It's like saying to God, let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Bring what you have down in my life. Let it. What's the it? It's the grace of God. It's his presence coming upon you. It's his forgiveness coming upon you. It's like fresh powder. That which is in heaven comes down. It's not something you do. It's something that is done. And when fresh powder comes down, it covers all of your wrongdoing. More than that, your whole life gets more maneuverable. But God, I want that in my life. I want the maneuverability of grace in my personal life as a dad, as a mom. I want to know you're with me. Let it be done unto me. 
I mean, if you've ever been skiing or you've ever been out after a fresh snow, you know you guys sometimes they'll put on sunglasses, even when you're driving, right? Because the snow ricochets and reflects off all the snow that your life suddenly has a new freshness to it, a new purpose to it. Let it, the God with me-ness, happen to me. And the last word is me. Christmas isn't a decision your priest makes, your pastor makes, your parents make, your grandparents make. You're not born into it. You invite God into it. Let it be done unto me. What does it look like for you to invite God this Christmas to snow his grace into your life? Maybe saying, God, let it be, I need wisdom from you. God, let it be done unto me. I want that grace that covers everything in my marriage. God, let it be unto me. I want to know you're with me because I'm facing some challenging circumstances. God says all you have to do is reach out to him this Christmas. He's got a present ready to give it to you. It's a beautiful present. And when you receive this present, God comes and lives in you. And when God lives in you, he makes you holy. You ever thought about that stable? Everything about the stable is unholy, unclean, ungodly. Who'd want to give birth there? And if you're a Jewish woman like Mary was, giving birth in a stable, this is the definition of unkosher. I mean, there's manure all over the place. There's spiders up here. There's animals all over the place. You're putting your child in a manger. And though her circumstances screamed out, unholy, unclean, unkosher, we call this a holy night. Why is it holy? Same reason you and I can be holy. It's not about what we're doing in our life. What makes something holy is that God lives there. God's presence in a place makes it holy. And if you want to move from unholy, unkosher, or unclean this Christmas, you could try hard to clean up the mess. Or you can invite God into your life. And he will transform unholiness into holiness simply by his presence. You know, it wasn't just a holy night, it was a silent night. Would you stand and join me? As we stand together, we're going to sing this last song, and maybe this song is your opportunity to say, God, I want some silence, some peace, some presence in my life. So maybe as we sing these songs, let the words be a prayer between you and God. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for coming to earth. You know you don't care what we call ourselves. Catholics or Protestants or Baptists or whatever, you you care most what we call you. We want to call you the gift that we choose to receive this Christmas. In Jesus' name, I'll sing together. You know, what makes grace powerful is not keeping it to yourself, having extended it to others. And we need to go and do the same. Take the grace, the forgiveness God's given us, the patience he's given us, and extend it to others. So would you extend your light with me up high and look what it does to this room. When grace is extended in a family or a community, it lights up everything. It's much more maneuverable with grace. So Merry Christmas. We look forward to seeing you in 2019. Go with God. Father, thank you again for this Christmas and your gift of Jesus. Amen. Thanks so much.